Hello and a very warm welcome to your Actives Health Podcast, where every week we dive into EU health policy and bring you the latest health news from Europe. I'm Marta Gaola, and in this episode we'll be talking about infertility in the European Union, about the situation of fertility treatments and where are the main obstacles people face when wanted to access them. To talk about it, we have a guest with us today, Dr. Carlos Calas George, a specialist in obstetrics and gynecology and an expert in infertility treatments. He's also chair of the European Society for Human Reproduction and Embryology. Nowadays, we see that people are having fewer children, especially in Europe, fertility numbers are very low. Could you explain what is the situation right now in Europe? It's a trend that we can see in all, all over the world, even in Africa. Um, the lower rate of uh, fertility, meaning the reduction of the number of uh, children born per women in uh, reproductive age. So the indicator for one a population to become stable is that uh, 2.1 uh, children is needed per uh, women in reproductive health. Um, and I remind this indicator because uh, it confronts and conflicts with it's what is happening in Europe. We have in Europe 1.5 in 2021. That's the last numbers I know. Um, and all countries in Europe are below that uh, target number. The reasons I don't know exactly the dif why the difference in each country, uh, but of course the global explanation is that uh, um, there are more things to do in life than having children, and uh, namely uh, women uh, is... Um, more uh, involved in their careers and enjoying life and uh, getting uh, financial stabilization, uh, working stabilization, and uh, then they are um, couples and women in general are postponing their uh, parenthood to later ages um, because... Um, as I said, this is a global phenomenon um, that if a positive thing, that's the increasing level of education, of women education. There, there is no way to uh, do things differently. Is this trend something that could be reversed? Do you see any possible solutions? No, uh, I would say that no, because as I said, this is a social phenomenon and I'm not uh, foreseeing any different organization in our societies that allow people to have stability and uh, comfort in their lives before reaching a certain age. Of course, it would be very good if people have their careers stabilized and their financial uh, stabilized in a younger age than uh, it happens now. But I, I'm not optimistic at that level. And we're talking now about people that choose not to have children 
because of their social circumstances. But what happens to people that want to have children but can't because of infertility or different health issues? The situation is quite diverse in different countries um, uh, because uh, there are um, countries with uh, different cultural backgrounds or political decisions about what they uh, consider a family because, as you know, uh, apart the heterosexual traditional couples, there are new uh, family formats nowadays uh, that are not the same all over Europe. But considering only, if we consider only the heterosexual couples, we have um, again the same issue of trying to get pregnant later in life. So even for those that want to become pregnant, if they decide that around 40, that will be um, quite difficult. If you ask me what uh, about uh, people in the 30s uh, that want to become pregnant and uh, um, it's a diagnostic uh, diagnosis as infertile, I would say that even in that situation, uh, European Union countries or member states are quite different because of the, in general, the health systems are completely different. And in some countries, unfortunately, infertility is not uh, seen as it should be as a disease, as any other disease. So there are no specific resources. Um, that uh, means that uh, we have now here again uh, an inequity um, because people that can afford to uh, have treatments in the private setting can uh, try to solve the problem, but people that uh, are not wealthy enough um, has no possibility. So that's an unfair situation um, because of that. But again, as... Um, as uh, early as possible, that's the message to try to get uh, pregnant or to get uh, infertility uh, problems uh, solved. What are the main problems people face when wanting to access these fertility treatments? In certain countries, it's uh, mainly uh, financial uh, issues because... Um, in, the, in those countries, um, many um, centers have long waiting lists and uh, to wait, if uh, we are talking about the issue of uh, female age, to wait one year or two years is, of course, uh, deleterious for any uh, success rate. Um, in other countries is, as I said, the non-recognition of infertility as an health issue or not acceptance of uh, um, different family formats apart the heterosexual couples. Um, in other countries, there are some techniques uh, related with donation of gametes that are not allowed, so... All those dimensions contribute to um, certain movements of uh, uh, cross-border reproductive care 
um, in some parts of Europe where people go to a different country to um, to get the treatment they need. Is there something that can be done regulation-wise to help the situation at the EU level? I don't know. Of course, EU can try to um, convince individual countries. Um, but uh, as far as I understood, um, EU is more concerned with standards and quality and uh, equity equity of uh, the treatments that are um, performed but has no really uh, power to impose member states to uh, change their reimbursement uh, policies or their um, acceptance of uh, different dimensions in this area. Um, So I think that EU, of course, can have a word and uh, the regulations that are being discussed uh, will help uh, at the level of standards, at the level of protection of donors and even protection of the offspring, the children born from the, the, the techniques. Um, but... Um, at uh, the reimbursement uh, dimension or the acceptance of different uh, family uh, formats. Uh, I think that is at the individual member states level. Thank you very much for being with us today, talking about this very interesting subject. And for our listeners, a friendly reminder that if you enjoy listening to our podcast, you can also subscribe to our newsletter that comes out also on Wednesdays. We keep making sure that you're up to date with the latest health news. Don't forget to also check other Euractiv podcasts, AgriFood Brief, Tech Brief, and Beyond the Byline. You can listen to them on all your favorite platforms. This is all from us today. Thank you for listening. We also want to hear from you, so if you have something to say, don't hesitate to drop us a line. Our email address is podcast at youractive.com or contact us on Twitter or LinkedIn. This episode was brought to you by Euractive's multimedia team, so a special thanks to them. See you next week and stay healthy 